Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. I decided to be starting a new series this month called Pivoting in Times of Change. And uh, if, if we know anything, last week I shared a scripture out of Ecclesiastes verse, uh, chapter 3, which uh, Solomon was talking about to everything there is a season, you know, a season to be born, a season to die, you know, a season for war, a season for peace. Uh, a season to pick up stones, a season to let stones go. And, and all throughout life, we find ourselves living in, in seasons. And in fact, we find ourselves living in changing times. But I believe the key for us is how do we pivot during that change? Unless you've been living under a rock for the last three years, you would have gone through a tremendous amount of stretching and change. And uh, give yourselves a clap this morning. I think you need to do that. Because I just believe that, that the amount of challenges that have been around the way that we do church, you know, transitioning to online and, and, and thinking about engaging in Zoom meetings and, and all this sort of stuff, these are things that for most of us have been quite foreign to us. But nonetheless, all throughout history and the history of the church, men and women of God have had to pivot in the times that they've been finding themselves living in and finding the way that they can actually still honor God and still teach other people and speak the gospel to other people in the day that they find themselves living. And it's no different for us today. We go through challenges. We go through trials. We find ourselves living in days that, that honestly at times can seem quite foreign to us. And so I've titled today's message, Standing Firm for Christ. Now that might sound like a bit of an oxymoron considering we're talking about pivoting, but the main thing that we have to do throughout our journey of faith and this time that God has assigned to us to be on, this, on the face of this earth is to stand firm for Christ. Irrespective of what we find going on around about us, irrespective of the challenges that come around about us, we need to be people that continue to stand firm for Christ. Anyone know a guy by the name of Bob Dylan? He had a song. And it was called Times They Are Changing. And you know, it's, it's no different throughout history. We find that, that times continue to change. You know, just as I said this morning, just deciding to get out of bed. Um, I, I got, got out of bed uh, on Saturday and uh, it was a real struggle because I wanted to stay in bed and I, I didn't want to get out of my clothes, bed clothes. Anyone just wear their PJs all, all day? Yeah? There's people willing to say, yeah, that's me. I wear my... You know, sometimes it's really hard just to transition and, and, and change actually out of, out of our bed clothes because, you know, quite honestly, it can be a challenge with the temperature at times and things like that. But, you know, take for instance the advances that we've seen uh, in, in a very short space of time. Uh, advances in technology. On March the 7th, 1876, a 29-year-old Scott by the name of Alexander Graham Bell received, he received a patent for the revolutionary invention, the telephone. I've got a, I've got a photo of Scott, uh, sorry, of, uh, of Bell here. And uh, as you can see, that's, that's not a, a 29-year-old photo of uh, A.G. Bell. But nonetheless, Bell's invention was largely attributed to his interest and work in the area of elocution, not to be mistaken with electrocution. That is the skill of clear and expressive speech. Just want to touch a little bit on Bell's life because both Bell's mother and wife were deaf. 
and, and which profoundly influenced Bell's life work. His research on hearing and speech further led him to experiment with hearing devices, which eventually culminated in Bell being awarded the first US patent for the telephone. And I'm going to reference Bell at the end of my ser sermon today. But thinking about change, I wonder if Alexander Bell would have ever imagined that his humble, advanced invention called the telephone would have ever evolved into a smartphone or a feature phone that most of us actually have today. I wonder if he ever thought ahead and thought, you know, I can see the day when my invention will actually lead to something greater. It's interesting to think about that because Alexander Bell's quoted as saying, the day will come when the man on the telephone will be able to see the distant person to whom he is speaking. Pretty amazing, isn't it? You know, a shift from, from you know, being involved in an area that you're concerned about your, your mother and, and, and your wife being hard of hearing, and then all of a sudden transitioning to the invention of the telephone that, that we all probably take for granted, quite honestly, today. And, uh, you know, even being able to have the vision to see that it could become something greater than what he actually invented. It's interesting to note that according to Google, the number of people that own a smart or feature phone today is said to be 7.26 billion, making up 91.5% of the world's population. That's, that's a lot of smartphones. That's, that's a lot of people that actually own a handheld device. Interestingly, Bell considered his invention an intrusion on his real work as a scientist and refused to have a telephone in his study. How many of us could take a page out of Alexander Bell's philosophy on telephones today and maybe give ourselves a bit of a break from time to time? Amen. That's me. I'd love to have a break from my phone. And indeed, I do take fast from social media and my phone from time to time. I've taken some measures recently. Uh, found the feature, do not disturb. Yeah, I, I encourage you to actually find that on your phone. Do not disturb. Good feature. You know, um, during Bell's experiments, we can only guess that there would have been a great deal of static experience during the fine-tuning process. And that's not to mention the amount of naysayers that would have been around about his life. You know, whenever you're, you're experimenting with something, there's all these prototypes that happen. But we find ourselves living in a time in history where there's a lot of static for us as Christians. There's a lot of things that, that can get our attention and cause us to become concerned with the days that we find ourselves living in. But I believe the Word of God is clear for us to be people that continue to stand firm for Christ, irrespective of what we find going on around about us. Not to be troubled, not to be um, anxious and, and worked up about it, but just to have a confidence that God is in this. Nothing surprises our God. And as believers, I believe we need to be able to pivot ourselves, as, as so many other people in the Bible did, not to just get stuck in, in a way of seeing things or a way of wanting to do things, but being open to see the, the Holy Spirit move through our lives, perhaps in new ways. And um, as I said today, I believe we continue to experience our own version of static in a culture that's becoming increasingly hostile and diametrically opposed to the teachings of Christ and the values contained within the Bible, it's crucial to our faith that we continue to stand firm for Christ. I want to look this morning in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27 to 30. And this is out of the J.B. Phillips uh, translation. And it reads like this. But 
Whatever happens, make sure that your everyday life is worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I do come and see you or merely hear about you from a distance, I may know that you are standing fast in a united spirit, battling with a single mind for the faith of the gospel and not caring two straws for your enemies. The very, the very fact that they are your enemies is plain proof that they are lost to God, while the fact you have such men as enemies is plain proof that you yourselves are being saved by God. You are given in this battle the privilege not merely of believing in Christ, but also suffering for His sake. It is now your turn to take part in that battle you once saw me engaged in, in which, in point of fact, I am still fighting. The Apostle Paul certainly didn't mince his words, and I quite like the way uh, J.B. Phillips puts it in here, that make sure that your everyday life is worthy of the calling that Christ has brought to us. And if you're anything like me, you may find it a struggle to fit into the culture that we find ourselves living in. And I, I believe that that is a good thing. It's a good thing that you feel uncomfortable in the culture that you find yourself living in because the culture that we find ourselves living in is opposed to the kingdom of light. Yet we have this great honor bestowed upon each one of us to be Christ's representatives in this day and hour that we find ourselves living in. And I can't think of a more exciting time in history to be alive because we're seeing a, a culmination of so many things happen around about us so rapidly that we, church, you, me, have an opportunity to influence the kingdom of God to see other people come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ through what is actually going on around about us. See, change doesn't always have to be interpreted as being bad. I believe that change is something that's inevitable for our lives, but we need to be people that are wise enough and open enough to the Spirit of God to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to, ch to, to touch people's lives and influence people's lives through each one of us. And I believe, church, that we're well positioned to do that. And praise God, I just, I don't know about you, but, but I've been having so many opportunities open up to myself lately to talk to people about Jesus. You know, people are talking about what's going on in the world. There's, there's wars and, and all sorts of things. And we've been through so much of late, yet it's given us an opportunity to actually speak hope into people's lives. Because people are living in this world without any hope. But as believers, we have an amazing living hope on the inside of each one of us. And what an opportunity for us to leverage in telling other people about that hope that lives within us. Paul goes on in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 17. He says, From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Let's make no mistakes, church, that the Apostle Paul was a man that not just walked the walk or talked the talk. He was, he was it. He did it all. He didn't just, you know, say that this was a good idea. He walked the walk that he actually spoke about. And um, I just want us as, as a church, as, as a body of believers, and, and I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to each one of you today and maybe those that are listening to this at a later date, that we want to be people that continue to stand firm for Christ. And you know what? One day that may mean that we will bear scars on our body as well. 
And I ask myself the question, am I willing to bear a mark for Jesus Christ? Am I willing to find life uncomfortable? I was listening to a podcast a couple of days ago by, by uh, Jeff Vines. And Jeff Vines was talking about a, a Pakistani pastor that he knew and knows. And uh, he was living in Pakistan and uh, his wife and daughters were raped and killed because of their faith. Now they were spared and were able to escape into India and uh, India opened their arms to them that said that if you want to trade in India, you have to denounce your Christianity and uh, you have to become a Hindu. And they, they refused to do that. So they're living on the streets of India now hand to mouth on a daily basis, speaking the gospel to anyone that's willing to hear. Now, I don't know about you, but, but, but that's taking it up another level to what I'm living today. <laughs> where, where, you know, that, that we're not even in a position where we can trade because of our faith. Do we bear on our body? Are we prepared to bear on our body the mark? It's interesting to note because some translations refer to those scars in Paul's life as stigmata. And a stigmata is a mark or puncture made by a pointed instrument. The stigmata or marks were inflicted with a branding iron, uh, such as those which show that a slave is attached to a particular temple or to the service of some particular deity. And it was, it was said that soldiers in Rome were also said to have later adopted this practice to actually show their allegiance to certain generals, to actually put a mark on their body and say that this is who I'm assigned to. This is who my loyalty is to. It's interesting to note that in the book of Revelation, when it's talking about the mark of the beast, it refers to exactly the same type of mark. It is a stigmata. And back in the Old Testament, um, it was the practice of the day that many people would actually put verses and things around their heads and around their wrists, which would actually assign their loyalty to God. And we may not actually do that in a physical sense, but I believe as believers, we need to do it in a spiritual sense. We need to bear the mark of our Savior. We need to identify with Jesus Christ. We can't always change our circumstances, but we can allow God to change us in and through our circumstances. Sometimes our circumstances dictate to us, don't they? We find ourselves with a plan for the day, and all of a sudden something else unravels, and circumstance dictate how our day is going to go. And I think about the Apostle Paul and I think about the challenges and trials that the Apostle Paul went through. And um, we're just going to quickly reference that this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And, uh, and this is in the Berean Study Bible or out of the Berean Study Bible. Uh, verses 24 to 26, this is what the Apostle Paul had to say about the marks that he bore on his body for Christ. He says, Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. In my frequent journeys I have been in danger from rivers and from bandits, in danger from my countrymen and from the Gentiles, in danger in the city and in the country, in danger on the sea and amongst false brothers. Make no mistake, the Apostle Paul really did bear on his body the marks that he stood for Jesus Christ. And, and my challenge to myself and, and, and I guess my challenge to us today is, are we people that are prepared to bear a mark for Jesus Christ? No matter what 
this world may, may throw at us or, or, or bring towards us, and no matter where we find ourselves living, are we prepared to stand firm for Jesus Christ and count the cost, truly count the cost of what it means to stand for Jesus and be a Christ follower? I want to bring out two points for us this morning in, in, back in Philippians. And, um, and the first point is this. Verse 27, Paul says, whatever happens. Hear those words again. Whatever happens. I'm glad that that the verse doesn't say, if these things happen. (laughs) You know, if if it's raining on this certain day. If if one form of government comes to power. if, If someone moves next door that you're that you're uncomfortable with no he says here rather whatever happens whatever happens in life wherever we find ourselves whatever challenges that come around about us he's saying whatever happens make sure that your everyday life is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ and for me what does that look like that means every day taking time to spend time with the Holy Spirit, spending time in Jesus' presence, spending time with our Father in seeking His heart for my life, allowing Him to come around about my soul and convict me of areas where maybe I'm, I'm holding prejudices, maybe I'm, I'm holding things within me that, that, that really can often at times push people away rather than lead them to Christ. See, What are those things that we allow ourselves to be exposed to? And what are those things that we allow ourselves to be consumed by? I want to be a person that chooses to be consumed by the presence and power of God. Continues to allow my life to be immersed in His presence, to be refined in whatever fire that we find ourselves surrounded with. The Word of God promises that our trials and our tribulations in in James chapter 1, that these things are for our benefit. And in fact, Paul says in Romans 8.28 that God causes all things to work together for the good of those. And so at times when we're in the midst of change and we're in the midst of challenges, challenges that come around about our lives, it can, be, it can be often hard to remember those verses and go, ah, this is that moment, this is that time that, that, that God spoke about or, or has revealed to us in His Word that something good is going to come from this. And church, I want to encourage us that something good is going to come from the day that we find ourselves living in today. Because how do I know that? God promised it in His Word. We're people that have every reason to live with hope and expectation. Because our God is a deliverer. Our God is a God who is for us. Verse 27, whatever happens, make sure your everyday life is worthy of the gospel of Christ. I shared this quote last week that the task ahead of us is never as great as the power that is behind us. Whatever we find ourselves faced with, whether it be giants, whether it be difficulties with employment, uh, for us, um, we're involved in a business. And let me tell you, I've spoken to a lot of business people lately and they're finding it very hard. There are, there are a lot of challenges that are around at the moment. See, whatever war, whatever that, that thing that stands in front of you, know this, that the God that is for us is greater than anything that can ever come against us. I want to encourage us to be people that just continually, 
continually put our trust and our hope in God. Irrespective of what stands before us, that we take the attitude of Christ and we know that God is able. Even if it means, as Christ found himself in Gethsemane, praying to the Father, God, if there is any other way, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. See, church, our final destination is not this world. The Bible promises us that God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. No more sorrow, no more tears, no more death, no more destruction. A place that in fact is beyond our wildest imaginations. The Bible also says that eye has not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of the man those things which God has prepared for those that love him. Church, our final destination is not this world. It's out of this world. Just know that, that God is for us and with us and we need to trust in him. The second point that I want to bring out is in verse 28. And here Paul said, don't be intimidated. He goes on to say, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. You know, we can often suffer from bouts of misdirected zeal. I, I often suffer from bouts of misdirected zeal. And what I'm, what I'm saying is that we can, we can see a natural enemy. We can focus on things in the natural and take aim at those things when we know full well that the battle is not with flesh and blood, but it's with the powers and principalities. And one of the greatest tools that we have available to us as believers is prayer. We have a direct communication with God. We have the ability to pray about things and seek God's will and seek God's face. And yet I know that there's times in my life when my, my initial reaction hasn't been to do that. It's been to freak out, to panic, to take aim at whatever I'm seeing as, as, as opposition to, to my way of life or my values or, or, or whatever it is, rather than actually taking that to the realm of the Spirit and taking authority in the realm of the Spirit and allowing things to get back into their right order. See, verse 28 reminds us not to be intimidated, not to be worried, not to be concerned, but to refocus our lives on Him. Standing firm for Christ means that we must be prepared to go wherever He leads us, and in the process, we are not to deny Him. It's my recommendation that you don't deny Christ. <laughs> just, just saying. Don't deny Christ. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8, and I'm going to wrap this up real quick. This is the revelation of John as revealed to John. And he says here in verse 3 and verse 7 to 8, sorry, chapter 3 and verse 7 to 8, it says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do, and I've opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. See, in this life, I believe that God has an open door for us. And uh, as revealed here in the Church of Philadelphia, the revelation to John was that he was the one that holds the key to the door. We know the references there to Jesus, 
Jesus is the gateway. Jesus is the way that we get to life. Really interesting to note that, that Graham, sorry, Alexander Graham Bell actually had another quote here that I want to finish with today. And he says, when one door closes, another opens. But we often look so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that we do not see the one which is open for us. It's a great reminder for us, church, that we have an open door for us. And I believe now more than ever, we need to be people that just press into the heart of God. We need to go into the open door which God has provided for us through Jesus Christ. Just as a side note, you know, Bell's work began amongst the hearing impaired in the physical realm. And who knows that even in the physical realm, as is the case with Alexander Bell, not all physical ears hear. Some people are born deaf. Some people become hearing impaired. Just to have these things hanging off the side of your head doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually going to hear speech, that you are going to hear sound. And I believe the same is true for the spirit realm. Jesus said, he who has an ear, let him hear. And I believe that we need to be people that hear. We need to be people that tune out of the static that's in this world and tune in to the heartbeat of our God. According to history, A.G. Bell died in Nova Scotia, Canada in 1922 as a self-described Unitarian agnostic, talking about having a foot in each camp or a bet each way. Alexander Bell, as far as we know, didn't die with a confidence in knowing that when he died, that he was going into the arms of his saviour. And I wonder how many of us that are here today, or those that might be listening to this at a later date, don't have that confidence, don't have that, that surety that, that they believe in Jesus Christ and that his ways can be trusted for their lives. Friend, if that's you today, I want to encourage you to take a step of faith in your life today and reach out to the offer, the open door, that is there for us. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. See, we have a great invitation to come to Jesus. Pivoting in times of change, why not make a change today and stand for Jesus Christ? Make a firm stand for Jesus Christ. John chapter 15 and verse 13 says, Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. And that's what Jesus Christ did for each one of us. And, and if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that's what he did for you, friend. He laid down his life for you that you may have life. See, not all roads lead to God. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to be a person that helps other people find the way. And church, if, if you're with me today, would you be a person that helps people find the way as well? Would you be a person that is willing to stand firm for Christ, irrespective of the days that we find ourselves living in, and allow God to continue to use us in amazing ways? Amen? Amen.